Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. I was just thinking about what, well, I don't know what trivia they'd put up on me. There's all kinds of stuff that I'd like to not go public on. So, well, well, well. it's good to see you today. Hopefully you are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning since you got that extra hour of sleep. If you don't know what that is, it's just a southern phrase. So I'm from Racine County, so south of here. So... I had to go to the doctor this week, and I, I was this deal, and, and uh, he said to me, uh, this new guy, he goes, and, and Kentucky? I said, no, Arkansas. He goes, oh, all sounds the same. I was like, thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so anyhow, it's good to have you today, and if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, and uh, as we get into today's message, um, I want to just... Um, I want to say one thing, and I want to make sure I say this correctly. So if I say it incorrectly, you can see me after the service or online. You can email me at rcoggins at lifechurchwi.com. But um, we were supposed to be in Israel on an all-church trip uh, this weekend, actually. And there's been a few conflicts there in that part of the world that prohibit that from happening. And uh, I don't say a whole, whole, whole lot about uh, this kind of stuff. It's in news and the media, but, uh, and I have from the very beginning, but we continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We continue to pray for, uh, for Israel. And one thing that's very interesting to me about this, again, Old Testament gives a ton of context all the way through uh, in the New Testament. And so, um, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of conjecture. In our world, we're always for the underdog. And so the underdog was Israel when Hamas attacked Israel and did what they did and the atrocities that they did. And then now that Israel is retaliating, now it's now, well, Israel's the big bad guy and Hamas is the, the underdog. And so now everything flips. And uh, I just would say, and I try to live this way. I, I try to not go with whatever the crowd is saying or whatever the popular opinion of the day may or may not be correct but really to go back to, I think most of what we deal with in life goes back to the scripture. And if you read it, it's there, that God's hand is upon the nation of Israel because he made a covenant with Abraham. And the conflict that's there is between the offspring of Abraham, which is through Isaac and Ishmael. And there's enmity that is there that will always be there. But God's hand is upon the nation of Israel. And whoever stands with Israel historically and otherwise has always been a blessed people. But Israel will always be a hated people because of the enmity, because of the favor of God that's upon their life. If we believe that there is more than just physical flesh and blood, but we believe, according to Ephesians chapter 6, that there's principalities and rulers of darkness that are at work, there are supernatural powers that are at work in the world in which we live in, then the enemy of our soul, Satan himself, he is seeking whom he may devour and walking and working through this. And I would just encourage you, be careful what you listen to. Be careful the rhetoric that you get involved with. Be careful. Go back to Scripture and just see this is what's going on. And again, if you want to have a conversation with, you, with, with me about this, I'd be happy to talk to you about this. The amount of ignorance, in my opinion, that's come out of people of influence and standing in our society uh, in anti-Israeli, pro-Palestinian stance is absolutely astonishing, except for the fact when you realize that biblical literacy is something that we don't value anymore. 50 years ago, the conversations that are happening today would never be happening because we would have had a context of education from 
Western Civilization 101, which is taught at the University of Wisconsin, all the way through to any theological constructs that we see in the Old Testament, the Torah, the Talmud, or even through the New Testament and the teachings of Jesus. But we don't have that context in the world in which we live in today. So now it looks into uh, who's right, who's wrong, who's bad, who's good, and, and at the end of the day, who makes us the judge, right? And so I just would encourage you, um, and I say that because this weekend we were supposed to be there. We're going, we're planning on a trip going back. Some of you may want to go. I can just tell you, quite frankly, where all of this is taking place is not any of the areas that we would be in, in Jerusalem or in the Galilee, um, where Hezbollah did that in the Golan Heights, where they did some of their activities. They're all the time trying to show off in that area of the world, but their Israel is so good that it just doesn't, it doesn't happen there. But because there's a war going on, and because of all the things that are going on, again, we want to be respectful of that. But I would encourage you as Christ followers to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for peace in the Middle East. What happens? It's very interesting. And that small area of the world affects the entire globe. And, uh, and it affects us in ways that we don't even completely understand. So I just would encourage you in that way. It has nothing to do with my message today. I'm not talking anything about that. I just, I just was, this has been on my mind this week because I was supposed to be gone and be with that team and be with that group. 40 of you from the church were gonna be going. And so we will be doing that again. If you wanna go, again, see me after the service or see somebody at the at guest services and they'll be happy to help you. Uh, as I do today's message today, I'm talking about settling the score. We've been talking about scores, the scoreboard, all of this theme. One of two things are gonna to happen today as I speak. One is many of you, as I talk today, a name or a face is going to come to mind. I would encourage you, write it down or keep it there. Don't, don't push it away. It's not bad Chipotle from yesterday, right? Or if, you, or if you're like me, man, I had some of the Mamma Mia's heart attack bread, that stuff that's just like, it's addictive, isn't it? I don't know what they put in that, but anyhow, it's like crack. It's just like, I don't know how to, it's just, I know that's bad. Don't email me, email Tammy. But I'm just saying like, it's just, it's, so it's not indigestion. This is how God works. And for some of you, this message is not anything going to, there's nothing that's happening in your world now, but it will happen in the future. Because every single person on the face of this planet faces this issue. Jesus dealt with this. When he was on this planet, he dealt with what I'm talking about today. Settling the score. So my counsel is, in these next few moments, these 18 minutes and 15 seconds that we have in counting, that you just listen and follow the words of Jesus and respond to him. You're gonna have a chance to do that at the end of the service today. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 12, excuse me, verse number 21. It says this, Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? If you have a brother, you probably ask that question. Uh, as many as seven times, which would have been the, the current standard of, of forgiveness. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. See, settling the score, this, this idiom, it, it means taking on revenge against someone else who's done something against you in the past, typically. A hurt, uh, they've affronted you in some way, they've offended you in some way. There's been some something that they've done to come against you. And in that response, revenge is natural, it's human. But forgiveness is supernatural. That's what makes it so difficult. See, it's naturally easy for me to 
uh, dot, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You punch me, I'll punch you back, right? You, you, you come against me, I'm going to come against you. You come against my family, I'm going to come against your family. You, you come at me, I'm going to come at you. But forgiveness, the ability to absorb, they say, psychologists say that when pain comes into your life, you do one to two things with pain. You either absorb it or you reflect it back. You either absorb the pain or you reflect it back. The reflecting it back would be revenge. I'm going to throw it back on you. You're going to come at me, I'm going to come back at you 10 times harder. You're going to go against me, I'm going to go against you. You're going to speak against me, I'm going to speak against you. You're going to try to hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And, uh, but that ability to absorb it, to turn the other cheek, to operate in meekness, which is a fruit of the Spirit of God, which is power under control. Meekness means I have the ability to wipe you off the face of the planet, yet I choose to not retaliate in that manner. That's supernatural. Somebody in this room needs to hear that today because you're trying to do things in the natural and you can't. This is the reason why the world has such a hard time with this because they have not the ability to do that. So they, they return this being nice, which is not a fruit of the spirit. Kindness is. Because kindness sometimes means I'm going to tell you the truth. Kindness means I'm not always going to tell you what you need to hear. Kindness or what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Kindness means I'm going to do the right thing in the right way, even if it's a little bit hurtful. That's not my intent to hurt you, but it's the right and integrous thing to do. Nice is I have all kinds of vile and, and rage and revenge and hard feelings against you, but I'm just going to smile because I'm not going to let you see me sweat or be upset or whatever. The world operates with niceness. God calls us to operate with kindness. Kindness, this forgiveness, this response to ill and evil in our life is not something you and I have the ability to do in and of ourselves, but it's supernatural. And so I just want to talk a little bit about how do we surrender and get freedom from surrendering hurts and hang-ups. How do we give that to God? How do we live this out? How do we forgive, not just seven times, which is what the law required, but how do we go above that exponentially? Which basically means as many times as I need to forgive, I forgive. How do I live that way? Is that a personality trait? No. Is that where you're born? No. Is that just some, some people are given that gift of forgiveness and other people aren't? No. It's, it's learning how to trust the Lord. So how do I not live life to settle the score? First of all, if you're taking notes, just write this down. Recognize the debt. Recognize the debt. What do you mean, Aaron? Recognize the offense. There's an offense there. There's a hurt there. Don't, don't deny it. Again, niceness would say, just act like it doesn't exist and smile and go on. No, no, no. You're covering over something that's there. You better deal with that. Because if you don't deal with it, the debt, the issue, the hurt, the infraction, if you don't deal with that, it's going to deal with you. Look at verse 23. I'm just going to walk through this chapter. Verse 23. Jesus goes right into a parable after Peter asks this question. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle the accounts with all of his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him that owed 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had in payment to be made. Now, th this debt in this parable basically is incalculable in that day and time. And that, in today's dollars, that'd be about $6 billion is what that would be equivalent to. You, you can never forgive a debt that you don't acknowledge. And I just want to stay here for a second. 
Richard Rohr, the author, said, forgiveness is God's way of transforming our pain so that we don't transfer our pain. You've got to own it. You've got to get to a place where you, you, you acknowledge it, where you, and, and how do you acknowledge it? It may be if you're a journal, you journal it down. It may be if you're, if you are a prayer, you pray it out. It may be that you, if you're a thinker, you just think you, you process it mentally. You, if you need to get alone in the woods and scream and cry it out and kick it out and punch the tree and break your, well, you do what you got to do. You, but, but you don't act like it doesn't exist. You don't suppress it. You don't push it down because eventually it's going to come up. Eventually it's going to come out. Eventually that issue is going to get rooted deep in your heart and it's going to affect your attitude. It's going to affect your disposition. It's going to affect other relationships. You've been hurt in, in a romantic relationship. You, you've been hurt in a marriage. You've been hurt. If you don't deal with that hurt and with that pain, at some point it's going to come out. I don't care how many years, it's going to come out. You've been hurt in your family with siblings and you've been kind of double-crossed and backbitten against and just talked about. It's going to, if you don't, you've got to acknowledge it. You've had a friend that's betrayed you. You've, you've had someone who, who you trusted that, that totally sold you out. You, you, you have, you have people that have done you wrong, people that you confided in, that betrayed your trust. You, you had someone that violated you in a way that you did not ask for it. You, you have to, in some shape, form, or fashion, you've got to recognize the debt, recognize here's what's going on, call it out for what it is and know what it is. No one else has to know that necessarily. You may do that with a counselor or a therapist. You may do that with a friend or with a pastor. You may just do it by yourself. Again, as I'm talking today, a name or a face. Don't suppress it. What's the debt? Because you cannot forgive a debt you don't acknowledge. Second, this is way easier preached. Release the debt. You're like, no joke, Sherlock. Release the debt. Release the pain, release the hurt, release the issue. Look at verse 26 and 27. Jesus goes on with the parable and he says, so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, the king, have patience with me and I will pay everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt. He released him and he forgave the debt. How do you release the debt? One, you acknowledge the pain. We talked about that. Secondly, don't wait for an apology. Well, when they come to me, when they make it right with me, when they do what they're supposed to do, they're the one that did wrong. Yeah, I know. They're the one that crossed. Yeah, I know. They're the one that caused the hurt. I didn't do, nobody's arguing that. The problem is, is that this hurt, this pain, this issue is now affecting you. Not just affecting them. It might even be forgotten with them, which makes you even more mad because you're wallowing in this. And there are days you do well, there are seasons where you kind of forget about it, then all of a sudden a message like this, yeah, I was doing well until you said this. <laughs> Don't wait for an apology. 
understand this in life. We're all broken. When you realize that everybody in your world, your pastor, your teacher, your coach, your boss, your friend, your sweet grandmother, God rest her soul, every one of us are all broken, jacked up people. And we all have the propensity and the capacity to do wrong and evil. And, the, and every one of us, the things that we don't want to do sometimes are the things that we do. And the things that we do want to do, we don't do. And what Paul writes to the church in Rome, and therein lies the struggle. Wow. When you realize that, you realize that everybody has the ability to hurt everybody else, intentionally or unintentional. Because sometimes things just happen. It's an unintentional foul of life. It's just something that just, it, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to. And there are other things that, that, that people do that are intentional. When you do that, all of a sudden you begin to, because sometimes you have such a high level of expectation, you begin to realize people are broken and therefore I can't wait for an apology. Because honestly, the pain and the hurt of unforgiveness is not about them. It's about me. But I didn't cause this. I get it. I didn't ask for this. I get it. I'm a victim. I'm not denying that. But do you want to live captive to that sin? Do you want to live captive to that offense? Do you want to live captive to that debt? Do you want to live captive to that issue? No. No, because when you do that, you allow that offense or that offender to have power over you in a way that The only way to break free from that is to not wait for the apology. But remember God's forgiveness. We just sing about it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amazing. Grace, unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor of God. That's what that means. I once was lost, but now I'm found. So the Bible is very clear that when we were yet sinners, when we were the offender, when we were the transgressor, when we were the debtor, that's when Jesus Christ loved us enough, left the glory and splendor of heaven, came to this earth, clothed himself in humanity, made himself of no reputation, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave for our sins when we were the offender. When I think about what God's done for me and the grace in my life, there becomes this because to whom much is given, much is required. I remember that and that forgiveness, then I forgive other people because I have in turn been forgiven much. Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. If you're not a Christ follower, you don't have to live under this. But if you're a Christ follower, You've got to forgive one another as God forgives you. Because the Bible is very clear on this. If you can't love your brother and you can't forgive your brother whom you have seen, how can you love and forgive God in heaven whom you haven't seen? And if you hold that against them, then God holds that against you. 
But, but, I get it. If if and buts were candy nuts, we'd all have a very Merry Christmas. That's what my granny used to say. Because here's the truth about forgiveness. It's a decision, not a feeling. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. You going to feel like forgiving them? Nope. I want to go punch them in the face. <laughs> Be honest. Right? Do you, you feel like forgiving them? No. I, I, they, they're wrong. They're terrible, horrible people. Yes. But this is, it's, it's not about them. It's about me. It's they're taking up rent in my heart. They're living for free in my head and in my emotions. And they're keeping me from what God wants me to be because I have the inability to, to forgive them because I'm trying to settle, settle the score. I'm trying to keep up points. I'm trying to, that mind game, that heart game, that emotional just drain is draining. It's psychotic at some point that you can keep multiple conversations and multiple tits and tats and this and that and scores in your head and in your heart. Who loses on that? You do. Even if you win, you lose. Because at the end, it has drained the very life and the spirit of who you are. You as a Christ follower, we're called to release that debt. Let me give you the third and the final point. Refuse to take revenge. Refuse to take revenge. Refuse to retaliate. Refuse to say something smart. <laughs> Refuse to post on social media. Refuse to look at 28. Matthew 18, verse 28. Remember this parable. King calling in all the debts. Servant has 10,000 talents, six billion today dollars. Can't give it, and the king forgives him. Verse 28, but when that same servant who's been forgiven went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, just a fraction of what he owed the king. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe me. So the fellow servant went down and pleaded with him and have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused and went out and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Which is kind of interesting. You can't pay that debt if you can't work it off because you're in prison, right? Verse 31, his fellow servants saw what had taken place and they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master, to the king, all that had taken place. Then the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have now had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? This is Jesus talking. You stand before God one day and he's forgiving you your sins and all of your unrighteousness every single time. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, period. Faithful, he'll do it every time, just. Jesus has the ability to do that. And you take all of the sins of your life. You owed a debt that you could never pay. I owe a debt I could never pay. But yet this person's crossed me or this person's done me wrong or this person's, it will never equal the weight of all my sins. And I want God to forgive me, but I can't forgive them. And I understand sometimes it's really petty, the infractions. 
well, they said this about me, or they did this, or they did blah, 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 blah. I get it. And then sometimes it's really hurtful. And you're going to stand before God. This is kind of the whole thing that Jesus has given here with this parable, this story with a meaning. That God's given, forgiven you more than you could ever repay in your life. And yet you're going to hold this fraction of that against them? See, no one will ever owe you more than you owe God. And as a Christ follower, we're called to forgive because we have been forgiven. We're called to offer grace because we've received much grace. I understand the natural response is to keep the score. The natural response is to have revenge. The natural response is to punch back. It's just a reaction. It's how we're hardwired. But Jesus speaks very clearly that you don't do this. Do you remember when Jesus is dying for the sins of humanity? It's on the cross. And, and the religious leaders of the day who put him there are mocking him and saying, if you're really the son of God, you could come down off that cross and you could save yourself. I mean, let me just give you this picture in this moment. He's in his humanity, right? Which means in order for Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice, he has to be, yes, I understand he's God, but he also has to be 100% human. If not, he cannot pay the sins of humanity. So the Bible says he's tempted and tried in every way yet without sin. So all these same responses that you have to when people hurt you or speak evil against you or do something to you, he, those impulses are there. Scholars and theologians would tell us that the way the crucifixion was the most public of, of deaths. And it was a way not to just, just to kill someone, but it was a slow death that was meant to humiliate them and all their families and anybody connected to them. And when they would hang on the cross, they wouldn't hang on the cross clothed in any shape or fashion, but be completely naked and completely beaten and just left in the public square for everyone to see them. And the Bible says in that moment that the religious leaders of the day, the people that Jesus Christ came to save, those who would go to synagogue the next day, this is on Friday. They would go to the synagogue the next day and they would cry out to the father, to Jesus' own dad. And would go to church and would act like they were somebody. The day before, they are literally jeering at his son and, and mocking him and doing everything they can. And onlookers are coming and people are coming to see the, skeptic, the, the spectacle and going, yeah, we heard about this, this healer and this whatever. And all these people are in the crowd. His mother is there in the crowd. Everyone's there in the crowd. And, and those who, are, who literally have nailed him to the cross, these Roman soldiers, uh, but basically who, who are just, they are men's men, man. They, they, they're just, they're, they're, they're very powerful physical beings. And they're there and they're gambling over his garments. And in that moment, Jesus says, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Anybody treated you that bad? No. See, as a Christ follower, Jesus took all of that and led. Don't look to me as the example. I'm horrible at this. 
you want to punch me, I want to knock you in the next week, right? Let's just be honest. You, you want to come against me, my natural reaction, my type A is to get in. But I'm not your example. I'm just the messenger here. But he is. See, as a Christ follower, you're paying for the love of Christ, for you've received his love. Therefore, you're paying that. You're, you're not responding injury for injury, hurt for hurt. Sarcastic comment for sarcastic comment. Punch for punch. That's not the way it works. So, today, who's the name? Who's the face? What are you going to do? You going to excuse your sin, your unforgiveness? You going to let that person keep free rent in your head and in your heart? My prayer today is that you will just call that out for what it is and release it. Recognize the debt. I'm not minimizing it. I'm not telling you don't act like it doesn't exist. No. Recognize it. Call it out. But then give them to God. And say, Lord, as you've forgiven me, help me to forgive them or that situation. So I want to pray today. And I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. It's deathly quiet in this room. And the reason why is because I'm all up in your kitchen right now. And you may want to come to the front. You may go, I, I, I got to move, man. I, I, man, my heart's about to beat out of my chest. I, or you can sit right in your seat. But I'm going to have the band come out and they're just going to sing this song that we sang just a minute ago. Because how can you sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me and have unforgiveness in your heart? I don't know how you do that. Who's the person? What's the name? What's the face? Between you and the Lord today, call it out and give it to him. And you may say, I've done that before. Yeah, I know. And you may do it again. It's sometimes forgiveness is a process because the enemy keeps wanting to throw it back up in your face and throw it back up and throw it back up and throw it back up. But you just have to just keep going back and I forgive and I forgive and I forgive. Recognize the debt, release the debt. Just remember it's a decision, not a feeling. Natural, revenge, keep score. Supernatural, Quit looking at the scoreboard and just trust him with the results. Father, today I just thank you. Thank you for your word, for this simple parable. Jesus, you spoke this 2,000 years ago in a conversation with Peter and the disciples. And today, we are still living this out because it's our human condition. Our condition is to justify our actions. 
our condition is to find people that agree with us and bring alignment so therefore we're right. Our condition is to, is to minimize our weaknesses by projecting someone else's, by projecting our strengths and minimizing, Lord, and pointing out other people's weaknesses where we're strong. Today, God, we're just, we're empty and bare before you. And Holy Spirit, as you bring a name or a face, God, let us release it. Maybe the, the offense is so grievous that we've never, ever uttered. It's okay. Maybe this is an ongoing process. It's okay. Maybe it's something that even as we think about it, it's so trivial, yet it just bugs us. And we don't completely understand. It's okay. But today, as we receive your grace and your mercy for our souls and our salvations, help us to release our forgiveness against others. Let us respond to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The band's gonna come, they're gonna sing this song and you can just respond in your seat. If you need to come forward, you can come forward. This is very private and personal, but I just encourage you, don't let this moment pass you by. Who is the person? What is the name? What is the face? Give it to the Lord today, amen.